Yes, it's Valentine's Day, but if you're not feeling the love, we've got just the story for you, and it comes from Freddie Gillies. It's his second book. His first was focused on the epic 23,000-kilometre bike trip he, his brother, and two friends did, from Bali to Buckingham Palace back in 2017. The new work's a novel. It's called Because All Fades. It's about two Kiwi couples who set off on a summer road trip to Italy, which quickly sours after an accident, one that will end up testing their relationships. Freddie admits drawing on some personal experiences to tell this tale. He's with us from London, where he's on his own OE. Hi, Freddie. Good to talk. Welcome. Hi, Catherine. Thank you so much for having me. How long have you been in London now? Uh, it's coming up on five years now. So, yeah, after the bike trip, um, I was back in New Zealand for about eight months and then decided to um, fly back to London and uh, try my hand at sticking out here for a few years. How long is an OE and when does an OE become something more permanent? Are you sort of at that pivot point, do you think? Well, it would appear that way. I think when you get past the, the sort of two-year tier five visa, I think once you've you've gone past that, you're probably at a point where you're, you're a bit more set up. Um but yeah, I never like to get to, uh, you know, to feel like I'm stuck in one place for too long. And the writing, of course, keeps things interesting as well. After the last book, which obviously had some fabulous source material, a 23,000 kilometre bike trip, when did the transition to having the ideas and then undertaking a novel occur? Um. Well, for me, I always envisaged I always wanted to write fiction when I was from when I was younger I had a, a brilliant teacher um Lily Porter and her, her daughter Ruby she helped me a lot with this work um and she encouraged creative writing from a very young age so I think it's been instilled in me from from when I was at to be honest at primary school um and then after the trip writing the the bike trip book it was such a enjoyable and therapeutic experience I, I really see the the whole experience as, as therapy in a way to process things that go on in your own life um so to be able to continue and to do it in fiction has just has been a real joy those teachers who hook kids on writing they should get sainthoods um get them hooked on anything actually but it's often so often you hear the story of just one teacher who has a particular influence. Part of the inspiration one imagines comes from another trip. So tell us about the roadie trip you did do through Italy. Yeah, so the, the story itself was, um, it came to life after this road trip. I, I dragged my older brother on a trip with my, my then girlfriend um, uh, around the south of Italy. We did a, we did a week um, and it was it was five of us jammed into a tiny, tiny rental car and you know the thousands of decisions that you have to make on a trip like that. You get hungry. People are people are disagreeing over where to go, where to stay, and and the little the tiny little arguments and things that made up that trip. Um, it was sort of a moment in my life where I realised I was at a bit of a turning point and and, and realised that I guess I was moving on from that relationship, and it was a really tough and awful thing to realise on on a on that holiday but um also very important to realize it and it was sort of brought to light in that so i've tried i've tried to capture some of the feelings that i I had on that trip some of the emotions of of that love of that um that young love sort of fading away and Um, then there's what you do about it when you're having a have a traveling uh, companion who is also your partner at the time and others involved as well it's not necessarily 
an opportunity for a lot of private space, is it? But there's a lot of private space between yeah. one's ears. Oh, exactly, exactly. You're just you're in your own thoughts. You're you're uh, you're wondering what what move to do. Whether it's and you're also um, you're also doubting some of those uh, voices in your head that are saying one thing, and and other voices are saying another. And you're and uh, ultimately, I think it's because I, I love to. I, I think I see the the best the the best in everyone, and and I, I loved. I loved her deeply, even on that trip when things were falling apart, and and, and after that, um, and so I think it made the emotion all the more, all the more raw and real. Has she had a copy of the book? <laughs> no, no, she hasn't, um, and I don't, I don't suspect she will read it. But I think, I, uh, to be honest, you could, you could be f- uh, forgiven for thinking that I would uh, have some a uh, uh, cynical approach to or viewpoint on on the whole concept of young love. But I think for me, what actually stands out in the end, if you get, if you get through all 220 pages is the, um, is the enduring love between the characters. Ultimately, I feel like that is what I believe prevails and that we're born with this innate desire to love other people and to connect with other people. And while we're throwing these, these curveballs and these difficult situations and, and, you know, we, we get into relationships which maybe we're not meant to to last the whole distance. Um, I think ultimately, it's our love for one another prevails as as humanity, which is a, which I hope I've tried. I hope I've captured that, despite some of the the romance falling apart in, in the novel. There's something else about travel. It can be very discombobulating. You can run into trouble as a young person. Mm. Actually, sometimes the first time you travel, you realise just how grounded you are and your routines and your environments and your friendships uh, and that all goes out the window and exciting as it is it is definitely a time uh, typically a time of of change Freddie which is why it's a wonderful backdrop and premise to to look at the changes in relationships yeah I would say a hundred percent it's a you're exploring yourself you're exploring the world you're learning so much as you go and I think particularly in a group situation when you're forced to make all these decisions that will be them mostly trivial, they add up to how you re- how you respond to other people and how you how you interact with those around you and and it can bring out the best and it can bring out the worst in, in people and it can just it can open your eyes to other things that you want in life as well and I and I think um there's no better way to test a relationship than to go on a on a road trip uh, around the south of Italy, perhaps, is the moral of the story. Let's have a look at the characters then, uh, and let's start a little with, with, with plot. Uh, and did you have in mind the way you would create a conflict or create a, a drama here? How, how did either the story and or the characters start to form for you? Um, this is a, a really interesting point in fiction I think generally is is how does characterization develop and I think I've always said that nothing is sort of conjured up in thin air you know everything has to have come from some form of experience uh, even if it's most of the time not imagined most of the time actually experienced and that's that's why some of the I think the character traits and some of the characters are very perhaps relatable to people around me because that's just the behaviors that I've observed in my life and the people that I've been around and, and, um, and seen. And and I suppose that just translates into the characters you build because 
I don't know. I'm, I'm always very impressed with people who can who can whip up fantasies where you know nothing is seems to be drawn on reality. But even then, I still think it is. I still think that's how how we build characters is, is from experience. Introduce us to the two friends first of all, perhaps Andrew and Jared. They'd been childhood friends. There's an underlying tension between them. But can you introduce us to them and what mm-hmm. they're both like? Certainly. So Andrew, I think, is a is an interesting character. He's a bit more slightly introspective, a bit more um a, a bit more picky and a little bit of uh not a control freak, but he's definitely got his his ways of seeing the world. Jared, on the other hand, is a is a complete live wire. He's someone who is just high energy, go, 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 um, and a bit chaotic. And I think one craves structure and the other is is a bit all over the shop and mad. Um, and I think they they work well because they are opposites, but they also that's what drives them to. And I, I don't want to give too much away, but you know it it, it puts strain on their relationship at points as well. Um, so yeah, I think they're just they're two diametrically opposed characters, but at the same time they're they're sort of fit hand in glove, and that's why their friendship is so enduring. I think throughout all of the the challenges they face um, in the novel. Kiwi's living in London and Paris. There's a lot in this book that will resonate with those who've lived overseas. Crappy jobs, crappy flats, building your career in a foreign country and, and perhaps that inevitable pull back home. Uh, mm. Again, you're drawing on some personal... What's your grottiest flat story? <laughs> my, my grottiest flat story? Um, that's a good question. I, I consider myself very lucky in that when I moved to London, it was after the bike trip and I'd had some work experience back home and I moved in with a flat with uh, four of my, three of my best friends. Um, one of them, Sean, who did the bike trip um, and then a couple of my old best friends. So I feel like very lucky. I was living in a shoebox. It was a, a, the size of a, a, it was a glorified broom cupboard that I was, it was my room and I was paying probably it's paying like about seven hundred pounds a month, which you know, is, is outrageous for what we were getting. But um, no, I think I've I've been very I've I've enjoyed my London experience thoroughly. It's it's it definitely challenges you, puts you like the the culture here is is very intense and very high paced, and and I think um, I think there's a there's a very busy culture here, which definitely puts us puts you on. You know, you have to you have to go when you when you land. Now, our two friends and their um, girlfriends head off on this road trip to Europe then. So it's Andrew and Jess and Jared, who lives with his girlfriend, uh, live in Paris. That They are different souls, um, aren't they? And uh, both, as, uh, both as friends, but also what you introduce is the tensions within their respective relationships as well. How much do you want to tell us about the situations that you put your characters in on this road trip? Um, I, I think the, I think the situations they face are, are very realistic situations. On and on Andrew's case, I think he's, he's with Jess. He's been with her for years at the point the the novel starts, and they're sort of just treading water. You know, it's like there's a lot of love between the two characters, but it's the effort is gone, the the spark is gone, and I think it's about their relationship. It's me trying to capture that that feeling of when you're young and you don't quite know how to transition from, I suppose, the honeymoon period to what is a, a deeper, a deeper feeling of love when you, you're connected on a different level and everything is not, you know, fireworks all the time. It's a different type of love. Um, and then with, 
Olivia and Jared, I think there is something a bit more sweet to their love. There's, there's something more alive and well, and I think it's a bit more, there's a bit more going on in it that keeps them excited. But then Jared's character is such that it's putting, it puts a, a huge strain on on the relationship just in the way that he behaves. We're into so it quite early different. on, his, his drinking and drug taking. We're into it on the first few pages. And the other thing that happens very early in the novel, of course, is we get the backstories. We are all the products of our upbringings and our environments, and um, that is part of Jared's story. Totally, totally. And I think that's something that I really want to capture here because I think I think all characters, everyone in life is is a product of where of where you've come from, of, 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 of your upbringing, of, of your of your financial background of all of these things we're products of it and i think ultimately that is in some ways a great uh redeemer and it, it provides a lot of forgiveness for the way that people behave because jared ultimately is a is a is a well-meaning and loving character who has had to deal with some things in his life that have affected him very adversely and i i think that when i look at anything in life you know when you look at something like a, a like crime or you, you look at anything bad that happens I, I always wonder ask myself why did that happen you know and that's what I like to get into with the characters it's a question we should all ask in our relationships whether they're close or whether they're incidental uh, it, it's a question yeah. that um how should I say it? That, it's a question it's a, it's a, it's a question of maturity think... sometimes although some people never attain it and some people always have it this ability, totally. that old saying, to put oneself in, in someone else's shoes. And, it, and what it does do, including in relationships, is assist you with how to respond, how to be. Um, I have a saying that I still pull out and probably bore you with too often, but all bad behaviour comes from insecurity, and I've yet to see it mm. really disproven. And so when you have a behaviour, you can say, what what's driving that, and, and, and what do I do to... Yeah restore a situation every good drama totally. needs a crisis whether it's novel or on stage do you want to talk through the crisis you present them with here is that a spoiler or no uh i think i can say it's not a spoiler and that there's the first the first few pages address that there's, there's been some great accident um without going into too much detail yeah they they find themselves in a, in a, a pickle they become Come quite unstuck and find themselves on the on the wrong side of the law. That's that's how much I'll give away. I think everyone everyone will have to read further to, to delve into it. But I think it's it's an entirely plausible situation that they would find themselves in, and one we're forced to make a, a really rapid ethical decision under the influence of alcohol. You there is always the chance of making the wrong decision, and I think that's the ethical conundrum that they they find themselves in, and one that haunts them throughout the book and. I think that's a really interesting thing is that we all, I think we've all imagined how we would respond to crisis and have visions of that. But then that moment of panic, you know, when you're in a, well, almost like a fight flight situation and you have to make a quick decision. I, I really wanted to, to address that and to, to hone in on that, particularly with these characters and all their flaws. It's a very different novel, very different uh, circumstance, but straight away I flashed to the, the brilliant, the secret history by Donna Tart. Um, is is oh, the, the same kind of response, same age characters actually, a bit more drastic the the situation they were in, but but that again, that that instant decision in the moment, often under 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 pressure. Um, did you know the end at the beginning? What was the experience of writing 
the novel and concluding it, which is sometimes the hardest part. Yeah, I've always found that when I start writing, like of all of the all of the work I write, I, I I skip going and maybe write the first three chapters, and then I'll always write the end chapter, um, very early on. And I think by doing that, it helps guide the whole story towards the end, if that makes sense. Um, so for me, that's the that's the process. That's the way I go. I always knew it was going to get to that point, and just had to direct it from the beginning to the end point. Um, so. So yeah, I, I did know that. That's that's exactly where I wanted them to head. Uh, did it change like, you? The, the challenge of, of of writing a novel is substantial. Substantial, and congratulations on 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 completing it. But did you find that was not just about attaining an end goal as a writer? Did it change you in other ways? Um, I, I think the whole process of of writing for me has changed me and I, I think it's I alluded to it earlier the, the therapy point you know it's something that a lot of us aren't very good at processing emotional talking about emotion and and I I don't I didn't I don't throw myself into that category but I, I did I still found this whole process of putting words to to paper has been incredibly therapeutic and it's been a way of processing all of the all of the things that have happened in my life and um, and particularly in other manuscripts I've written since this one, which is uh, have been on the go. Uh, there's been a lot of of unpacking of things, and and it's been very very helpful for me. And it's it's always the interesting line of where fiction and, and nonfiction meet. Um, I, I think there's a very close line in a lot of situations. Um, and and for me, while it is fiction, it's definitely some of the concepts are things that I. I've experienced or I'm processing. Uh, so that's, for me, it's very special. So it's a lovely process. You've alluded to the fact you've got more work underway. What, what are, what's the uh, the other work that is well advanced, I understand, already? Yes, so there's a, a manuscript currently out for submission at the moment, uh, which is the, I suppose, the second one, which is called Maya, and that's been, that's finished, ready to go. And then I'm writing the last chapter of a London uh, crime drama which is about two competing business founders whose competition becomes deadly which has been very fun to write after a uh, again a situation i sort of found myself in over here in london with some very chaotic and slightly psychotic people uh, so it, it's been very fun unpacking this one in fiction it's been such an interesting time too for that overseas experience that oe to happen the london experience to happen you've had the damn pandemic We've got the economic hangover of that mm. now. We've got the the you know the wars that are just causing such I don't know existential angst. Sometimes it feels uh, the the separation that, that there was, whether it was forced or otherwise, over COVID. Um, I, I'm curious, as you know, for you as part of that diaspora, as part of that OE diaspora at the moment, what where, where you're at has that in itself caused change in terms of your thinking and your plans. Uh, in terms of the current climate of, of just, the world, just, I just think... what just what we've all been through the last five years, and for you at a time when you've been overseas, you know, doing doing the thing. Totally, it, it, it's it's made me appreciate home even more, and what we've got in New Zealand, and how incredibly lucky we are to be in a relatively safe place. You know, I look at I look at the 
horrific genocide that's going on in Gaza as we speak, the, the awful, awful situation in Darfur and Sudan. And I just think it, it's very easy to think that, that our love for one another and these social systems that we've created to protect humanity are, are falling apart. Very easy to become cynical about that. And to look back at home and, and see home as this beacon of, of, of hope and I've always sort of seen that when I've been over here, which might sound a bit dramatic, but it's for me, it's it's been true. New Zealand, I think we are very, very lucky where we are with the people we've got, with the collective attitudes that we have towards many problems. Um, so, you know, for me, being over here with all of this going on, it's just filled me with appreciation for for where I've come from and to do, to do good over here as well, to to keep fighting for the things that matter. We're a bit rocked up over here at the moment. We're a bit angry and a bit short-tempered, I have to say, Freddie. The other thing I'm interested in, we've talked about the relationship, your own, uh, and, and also the characters in this book, the two couples in this book. But you you, you mentioned earlier lasting friendships and, and, um, and male friendships um, in particular. And it's kind of an interesting time for that as well. It's so fundamental. It's so critically important to to you know anyone's well-being and development and was that on your mind again uh, as you were writing the book we've got our histories we've got flashbacks in the book we've got our histories we've got our different personalities but the importance of really lasting male friendships strikes me as kind of timely to consider as well yeah, totally. I think that's, and, and I hope that that's the, the sort of enduring thread that comes out of the book is that while there's, while there's all this chaos in their lives and they struggle with certain things that ultimately they love each other so much and they just need to find roots to express it that are, are more constructive. And I think that's the, the sort of unraveling of things is, 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 is in a way my way of saying that there are other ways to, to process life and, that talking in particular is something that we men can do a whole lot more of to, 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 to process things in our lives and, and to work on our relationships because too often it's, we, we stay silent and we, we, we prone to, to banterism and various other things that just don't, I don't think are actually very productive in terms of our relationships. Freddie, um, thank you. I think we're getting a lot better. better? Good. We'll take more better. More better. better. Thank you, Freddie Gillies. <laughs> yeah. Because All Fades is his novel. It's published by Bateman Books.